Paul, an apostle, sent not from men, nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers and sisters with me, to the churches in Galatia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. And I now try, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I, am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached is not of human origin. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. All right, Dan's going to come up and preach to us from there. Hello, everybody. Uh, stoked to be here with you guys this week. Um, we're going to be digging into the book of Galatians, which you might have picked up by now. Um, and I'm really excited to dig into this book, particularly because I think it, it goes right into the heart of Christianity. Um, we're going to be looking at some really key things. Uh, we're going to be looking at the heart of Christianity and seeing um, how it is uh, important, how it is true, how it is good. Um, and we're going to do all of that by starting uh, tonight, or this morning, uh, by looking into uh, how do we know what is important? Uh, what, what are the things that we should be concerned about in terms of importance? And I reckon there's this principle that you're probably all very aware of. I hope you're aware of. You see, you see how much something matters, how, how much something matters to you uh, when you lose it or it's in danger. And so when I was in year 10... Uh, I went on a school excursion to the snow with pass, um, the subject. Uh, I don't know if you guys are doing pass, but if you do pass, the main reason you do it is so you can go to the snow, because that's the greatest thing. And when you go to the snow, you bring all of your regular snow gear. Um, but particularly for me, when I was in year 10, uh, my parents had just given me their old iPhone 4. Uh, and so I got to take an iPhone with me to the snow, which was a big deal for me, because before that, I think I had a flip phone, and so it was very exciting. And so I loved this phone. I took it with me to the snow, um, and, and I was on it all the time. I was taking photos, checking out the quality of this photo. Um, I took it with me when I was actually like snowboarding and stuff, um, just so I had it around with me, just for comfort's sake. And one time I went down the hill, got to the bottom of the hill, went to touch my pockets, just because just like to know it's there, and it wasn't there. And I was so upset. And so I got all my friends together, and we're like, we've got to find this phone. And so we spent a good amount of time just going up and down the same trails, trying to find my phone. And I never found that phone on that hill. And I, at the time, said to my friends, it was the worst day of my life. <laughs> Which is a bit dramatic, you'd say. Um, but you could see how much that phone mattered to me when I lost it. Now, the good news is, uh, as a side note, I got home from the snow uh, and took off my pants and then realized it slipped through my pocket and was at the bottom near my shoes 
And I was so excited, I ran around the whole campsite in my undies and in my shirt, screaming that I found my phone. But following that experience, I was like, gosh, I care way too much about my phone. There is something seriously wrong. And so from that point on, I started using it less, and I started intentionally leaving it at home, so just had some time apart. Um, now this week, we're going to look at some things um, that Paul cares deeply about, uh, and we're going to see it at that point where, where Paul sees it in danger of being lost. And so we're going to see Paul full of intensity and emotion, um, full of anger, um, full of sadness and fear, um, but unlike my experience with my phone, this morning particularly, we're going to see that Paul's reaction to what's happening is actually really appropriate. Because we're going to see that what's in danger is the gospel. And the gospel is something that matters more than anything else. And so I'm praying this morning, as we dig into this little chunk, and as we go through it the whole week, that we're going to see clearly... Um, how much the gospel matters and will be shaped by that. And so what I want to do to start the week and to start this morning is just pray. Pray that God would do that for us. And so why don't you bow your heads and let's, let's pray together. Dear God, uh, we're so aware that there's a bunch of things that, that matter to us. Uh, Lord, we're aware that uh, there's some silly things that matter to us that shouldn't matter to us. Um, and Lord, we ask for, for this week that you would be doing a work in our hearts. So what matters for us is what really does matter. Uh, Lord, we ask particularly for this morning, as we look into the gospel and why that matters, uh, that you'd be doing a work in us to, to shape us to see um, just how much the gospel matters and that would be shaping us. Amen. Okay, there's going to be two points we're going to go through. Uh, the first is... The reason why the gospel matters is the gospel is God's. Is that me? It definitely is me. It's none of you guys. Um, now, the way we're going to do that is I want to just check through those first five verses, uh, and we're going to see how this message is God's. So the first thing to see is that Paul, the guy who wrote this letter, by the way, he was sent by God himself. Have a look at verse 1. Paul, an apostle, sent not from man, nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Paul was sent by God. And he was sent by God to bring a message from God. Have a look at verse 3. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, so he was, he was sent by God with a message from God about what God had done, which is, which is what the gospel is. So have a look at verse 4 who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. Um, and so he was sent by God to bring a message from God about what God had done. And he was doing this so God would get the glory, which just means he'd get the praise. And so have a look at verse 5. To whom be, so to God, be glory forever and ever. Amen. The gospel in every way from start to finish is God's. But you can see what the Galatians did with that message. They, they messed with it. Have a look at uh, verse 6. First they turned from it. Uh, verse 6, I'm astonished that you're so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. So they've turned from it, uh, and they turned from it because they were letting people come in and mess with it. Have a look at verse 7. 
which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. Now, the word pervert uh, just means to mess with. And so a pervert is someone who's just messed up. Um, And to pervert the gospel is to mess with the gospel, to mess it up. And so Paul, in response to this, flips out, right? Have a look at verse 8. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. And you're like, whoa, Paul, that's intense. Why would you say that? And he's like, just so you know, I, I didn't say that accidentally. And so he goes, verse 9, as we've already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. Heavy. I made this surfboard. Uh, I only have ever made one surfboard, and this is the one that I made. Uh, it, took me, it took me a long time to make this surfboard. Um, I made it with my dad. Uh, I did it like a couple of years ago now. Uh, I'm also really good drawing lobsters, and so I drew a lobster on the back of it just for the fun of it. Um, I, didn't, I didn't do any of this. This was done by Sophie because she's actually good at art. Um, but it still looks pretty, and I was really proud of this board, right? So I've spent a lot of time, a lot of money making this surfboard. I loved it. Now, why I say loved it is because of a particular thing that happened with the surfboard, right? So I, I heard a couple of years ago at FAT, I don't know if you're aware of this, but we used to have a thing called the blob. Uh, and to set up the blob, we need to take out cement blocks to like put the block blob in place. So the blob's like this big inflatable thing that goes in the lake. And you've got to put out cement blocks to make sure the blob doesn't float away. And so they're like, we need something to take those cement blocks out. And I was like, okay, you can use my board, my precious board, but know that it's my precious board. And they're like, cool, okay, your precious board, I'll be careful with it. Here's the board. And I'm like, okay. And I was a bit anxious about it, but they, they took it and, oh, I shouldn't put that there. They took it and they actually cared for it pretty good, right? They, they, they didn't do anything wrong with it. It was, it was all fine. Um, but then the day after... I was walking into the hall at FAT, and I turned around, and the two friends who I'd lent this board to, my precious board, had taken the fins out and were surfing it down the gravel road. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So heavy. And so, I don't know if you noticed this when I showed it to you before, but there's there's some gashes all through it, and that's from the the gravel. Now, um, I don't know how, how you think... You should react to that, right? But here's a couple of reactions that I might have had. Outraged? Confused? A little bit like, I don't know, I didn't even really know what to say. I just, to be honest, at that point I just kind of left it because I was like, I don't know what you do after they've already ridden it down gravel road. But there's just something so wrong about it, right? I've put my time and money into this board and I've generously given it to these people who have just wrecked it messed with it. That is a little piece of what the Galatians are doing with God's gospel. See, these guys had been given the eternal creator God's gospel, and they were messing with it. Now, I reckon that makes sense of Paul's reaction. So he he looks to the Galatians and he says, I am astonished. How could you let this happen? How could you let people change what God has given you? And even more intensely, he turns to the people that are doing the changing. He says, let them be under God's curse. 
And just to make it clear, it wasn't a slip of the tongue. He says it again. Let them be under God's curse because they have no right. No one has the right to change God's gospel. It's God's. And so that's why in verse 8, if you want to look at that verse again, it says, But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. Nobody has the right to change God's gospel because the message is God's. It's not ours to do what we, what we want with. It's God's message, which I think means a couple of things for us. It means we can't be people that when we come to the gospel, when we come to the Bible, that we just pick and choose what parts of the Bibles that we want and which parts we don't want and ignore. And people do this all the time. They, they, they decide what is the good bits and what are the bad bits, keep the parts they like and get rid of the parts they don't like. Some people are like, I love the idea of heaven, but I don't like the idea of hell. So I'm just going to ignore all the parts that talk about hell and what hell's like. But who are we to change the eternal God's gospel to us? To imagine that we could be people that could improve it or fix it. It's not, it's not ours to play around with. It's God's given from God, about God, for God's glories. And so, here's the two things that we need to do when we come to God's Word. We need to come to it humbly. Aware that we're just people. We don't know everything. But when we read the Bible, what we're doing is we're actually coming to the words of the one who does know everything. What a gift to know that you're coming to the, the one, who, the words of the one who knows everything. But that's all wasted if when you come to the Word, you just decide which bits you want and which bits you don't want, which bits are right and which bits are wrong. And so what we need to do is before we read the Bible every time, uh, is just take the time to go, God, as I approach this Word, show me where I'm wrong. Show me, show me where I've got it wrong. And do that every time you read the Bible. And if you come to a part that actually shows that you've got something wrong, Listen to it and change your mind with it. First one, come to it humbly. Second one, come to it carefully. That's the problem with the beard. There's this incredible thing that I reckon can often happen with people, particularly at your years. Um, you can come to church and you can hear the Bible um, preached up the front, sung in our songs, study in the um, discussion groups. You can have um, disciple time where you start sharing the word with each other. You can do all of these things, yet somehow through all of those times, you still manage to miss what God is saying to you in his word. Now, the only way that you can avoid that happening is if when you actually come to the word, when you come to listen to it preached, when you hear the songs sung, when you talk to your friends, is you come to the Word carefully. You come genuinely trying to understand what the Bible actually has to say to you. Which means a couple of things. It might mean one thing you need to do is you need to stop before you start reading it. Pray, ask God to help you understand it. It also might mean reading smaller bits. And actually as you read it, seeking to understand those smaller bits that you're reading instead of just skimming over large chunks just so you can say that you read a bunch of the Bible this week. Maybe it means for you reading small bits. Maybe it means for you, instead of just having 30 seconds where you just flick through a chapter, actually setting aside some time, five minutes, ten minutes, to actually read the Word 
and try and understand what it says because it's God's message. It's God's. And so when we come to it, we want to come to it carefully. So that was the first reason. First thing that, that Paul was getting upset about is because he knows the God, it's God's message and they were messing with it. The second thing to see is the gospel is the only way to be saved. Now, the way that we're going to think about this one is we're going to do something a little bit differently. We're actually going to look through three really small points that he brings up, uh, and we're going to see how they all combine together. So the first thing is, there is only one gospel. Read with me in those verse 6 and verse 7. It says to them, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. We'll stop there. Paul makes the claim that if the Galatians turn to a dis- different gospel, they're actually turning to no gospel at all. If they turn from the good news God's given them, then they're actually turning to bad news, not good news. Why can he say that? Because he's saying that there is only one gospel, and to turn away from it is to turn away from the only good news that there is. Have a look at verse 8. Open up your Bibles, look at verse 8. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. Paul's saying in that verse, there is no alternative. The one I originally preached to you is the only gospel. It's like Vegemite on toast. Other things might look like Vegemite on toast, but they're not. They're bad news. There's only one gospel. To move away from it is to move away from good news. It's bad news. So that's the first thing. Only one gospel. Second thing, the gospel is a message of salvation. Now we're going to do some things for this one, but have a look at verses 3 and 4. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, According to the will of our God and Father, the gospel is a message of salvation. It's a message that we can be rescued or saved. Our sins, the way that we live our lives rejecting God, means we're stuck awaiting the judgment of God. But the gospel is the message that we are rescued by Jesus' death from both the judgment of sin and and slavery to sin. We're going to have a look at that a little bit more later. But it's a message of rescue, of salvation. So you got the gospel, there's only one gospel, and it is a message of salvation. Third thing to see is it doesn't matter how we feel about it. It doesn't matter how we feel about it. Imagine if in this building uh, we shut all of the doors. All the doors got locked, except for one. And then Jono came in and just set the room on fire, literally on fire. I don't know how he did that. But all the doors are locked except for one, and John has come in like a crazy madman and set it on fire. And things are burning up. Things are not going well. The roof's starting to cave in. We're in real trouble as, as a group. Now, I can tell you one thing. There is only one door that is going to save you. Now, if that's the case, what doesn't matter, it doesn't matter how you feel about a particular door. It doesn't matter if you think a door just looks really good. If you're just like, man, that's a fancy looking door. I like that door. I want to go to that door. It doesn't matter how you feel about a door. What matters is whether the door works, whether you can get through the door. And so even if you have people that are like really convincingly saying, 
That locked door over there is a really good door. You should go out that one. If you try and go out of it and it's locked, you die. It doesn't matter how confident you are, you die. What Paul's saying is there is only one gospel and it is the message of salvation. And if we get that wrong, judgment awaits. It doesn't matter how you feel about that. Now, that is a heavy thing to say. And it's one of those truths that drives Paul to be so intense in this little letter because he's, he's worried that these guys are going to lose the only gospel that can save them. And it's the gospel that doesn't just save them from a fire. It's the gospel that saves them from hell, from slavery to sin in this life. And the Galatians were people that were getting it wrong. They were getting fooled. They were getting convinced that a door that is locked was the door that could save them. And I want to say that we're actually all in a danger of getting fooled too. We can get fooled into thinking uh, that things will just be all right. Now, this one's close to home because I have uh, my grandma and grand, grand, grandpa aren't Christians. Uh, and uh, one of the reasons why they're not is whenever we try and share the gospel with them, they just say, uh, don't worry about me. Things will be all right. Things will just work out in the end. But that doesn't fit with what Paul is saying here. That doesn't fit with the intensity that Paul is bringing. He knows that there is only one gospel and is the only message that saves, no matter how we feel things will go. And so don't be fooled into thinking things will just be all right. They'll just sort themselves out. Without the gospel, things will not just be all right. We can get fooled into thinking it's narrow-minded to believe that there's only one way to be saved. You get fooled into thinking it's narrow-minded. I don't know if you guys have had this experience, but lots of people around will say there's lots of different ways to get to God. There's lots of different ways to be right with God. There's lots of different ways to get to heaven. But here's God saying clearly in his word right now that there is only one way to be saved. And if that is true, then it matters that we hold on to it for ourselves, that one way to be. But it also matters, can I say this, that we hold on to it for the sake of those people around us. How can we be people that are loving and let them spend their lives imagining that there's lots of ways to get to, to God and they'll be all right? Even if it's considered narrow-minded for your friends, they need to hear it. Israel Flower someone who got this. I don't know if you heard about Israel Flower and what's been happening with him. But he is like Australia's greatest rugby union player. And he couldn't be stopped telling people, all people, that they need to repent, that they need the gospel to be saved. And he went so hard at this that they won't let him play rugby anymore. But if there's only one way to be saved and you have that message of salvation, surely it's worth whatever the cost to tell people that, whatever they call you. Whatever it means for your life. Fooled into thinking that it's narrow-minded. Second one. Third one. Fooled into thinking, this is the last one. Fooled into thinking that there is no way to really know. This is what people always seem to say. That you just can't know what's going to happen. Um, and that actually might be the place where some of you are at. You just can't know what's going to happen. And so what I'm really excited for is, in a second, we're going to break up into discussion groups, um, into Bible studies. And we're going to look through this next little chunk 
of Galatians. And in this next little chunk of Galatians, what Paul does is he tracks through how you can know, how you can be sure that the message that he brings is actually God's message. And so look forward to doing that. But I can tell you another thing as well. There's a bunch of you who already do know that this is true. And you're going to be constantly told that no one can really know and that you're arrogant to say that you know the only way. But if you do know the only way, how can we keep quiet, even if we seem arrogant? These people, people around us, are floundering looking for a door. And we know the only door that can save them. And so that's something that's worth proclaiming. That's something that's worth defending. That's something that's worth holding on to ourselves. Because we know that this gospel is God's gospel and it's the only way to be saved. And so I'm actually going to pray for us now that we would be people that see the importance of the gospel and hold on to it. So why don't you bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Lord, uh, we thank you so much for the book of Galatians. Uh, and Lord, we thank you that we could start digging into it this morning um, by seeing uh, the heart of what uh, Galatians is on about, um, the gospel, that it is your message and it is a message that saves um, Lord, we ask that those two things would be things that we reflect on more, um, that we would be people that handle your gospel as if it is from you, that would be careful with how we read it, that would be humble with how we read it. Uh, and Lord, we ask that it would be more and more clear that the gospel is the only way to be saved, that would hold on to it, even in a world that keeps telling us to let go of it. Amen.